Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. My name is Count Dracula. John and Max could not be here today due to unfortunate circumstances beyond my control. Hmm, someone is trying to break down the door. I wonder who that could be. Here's Johnny. I thought I killed you. Prepare to die, Count. Sick him, Maxwell, on the count of three. One. I never could teach Max how to count to three. <laughs> oh well. We're a little late, so let's get started. Hey, can you keep it down over there, guys? Um, welcome to <clears throat> Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode 39. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy from East Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, John Barrett, and I'm here as always with my trusty four-legged wolf-like canine companion, Maxwell. We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love talking about Bitcoin and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I am thrilled to finally be interviewing Bitcoins and Gravy's biggest fan, Adaria. Adaria is a modern-day Renaissance woman, a writer, an artist, and a veritable think tank of creative ideas. She talks to us about art and dance and music, the importance of community, and how to be truly excellent to one another. Adaria shares with us her well-thought-out and extensive plans for an artist community, a village, a sanctuary called Creature Conduit Sanctuary. By living there and working there, you can earn a local currency called circuitry. Join us in a future where artists, engineers, and techies thrive together. Today on the show, I am thrilled to welcome a woman who is an artist, an innovator, a writer, a Renaissance woman, if you would. Um, she is Bitcoins and Gravy's biggest fan. She has been with the show since the very beginning. And so now, without further ado, I welcome to the show my good friend, Adaria. Adaria, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Well, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm fighting a cold that showed up on my birthday, which was Wednesday, as an early birthday present. Other than that, I'm doing great. I'm ready for the interview. Let's jump right in. Tell our listeners, if you would, how you first got involved in Bitcoin. We know that in the Bitcoin community, there are very few women. The numbers are growing, but it's for the most part, it's men, right? Yeah. I don't know why. Because men are more nerds than women. Is that, is that the answer? You know, I think there are plenty of women nerds, too. I think we're hiding. Okay. Um, half of those men on there might actually be women. Oh, you know, oh no, that's um, right. You don't know. <laughs> I got introduced to it in uh, 2012 when I started working on this village idea. Okay. And I just posted it to see what sort of response it would get. And somebody sent me an email and said, you might be interested in Bitcoin. Hmm. Um, it might be a way that you could fund your project or maybe you could use it in the village and they started giving me paragraphs of ideas so i started looking into it just because i wanted to be open-minded and the first thing i saw was a lot of media noise oh it's volatile right oh it's a ponzi scheme and i was like eh, it seems kind of odd but i'm not one to just listen to the media so i delved into it and two weeks later i came up for air <laughs> and so i was hooked nice how long ago was that that was in 2012 july 2012 
So now you're in Bitcoin and you're thinking about using Bitcoin to fund a project. Tell us about your project. Well, now it's named Creature Conduit Sanctuary. It's a permaculture village for artists combining green technologies, rainwater collection, solar energy, zero-point energy, um, aquaponics, greenhouse gardening, forest gardening, all these things. I'm combining them together. Dome structures, more durable structures, because we do get tornadoes and floods out here. Mm -hmm. Combining that all together and making a complete village, essentially, for artists to live there and they'll actually get to live there for free it'll have its own cryptocurrency in which they'll be paid for the work that they'll have to do and they'll get paid in the village's own cryptocurrency for that wow i'm looking at made safe system the way they have a lot of things automated so i'm just looking at different things that could make decision making a lot of the day-to-day operational things a little more efficient that's essentially the base of it but there's so much involved in it instead of having a community where everyone's crammed together and one big house or something and sharing spaces. Everyone will actually have their own private rooms. There'll be some communal meals. Meetings will occur over meals as opposed to in some sort of structured, uptight setting. It'll just be a conversation across the mill. And okay. I want everyone to feel open so that decision-making and conversations, uh, anything like that conflict resolution can go smoothly if everyone's honest. Okay, so this is an amazing idea. Of course, some people are listening and they're thinking, this sounds like a hippie commune. Haven't we tried this before and failed? How would you respond to someone that says that? That it seems somewhat like a hippie commune. It was inspired by those things, but there's a little more structure to it. There will be rules that have to be followed. People won't be able to just come in and hang out and do absolutely nothing. Like I said, you'll have to do six hours of work each week Anything in general that keeps the village operational, that could be anything from cooking a meal to cleaning to, I don't know, helping an artist because they need a model and they're doing a sculpture. So anything that just keeps it running because part of the thing that keeps it running is art. So it may seem hippie because there's a lot of art involved, but the true goal of the village is to support artists. There's so many artists out there that can only get so much done because they can only afford to do so much. I used to know so many musicians that couldn't record an album because they couldn't afford the studio time. Hey, you're looking at one right here. You're talking (laughs) to one. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to create something that instead of a million dollars being spent on a really lame blockbuster movie, a million dollars could be spent on a thousand really talented artists. So it kind of seems like a commune because no one has to pay to live there. But the true payment is being willing to cooperate, being compassionate, being able to adapt to that lifestyle. There'll still be technology. We'll still have Internet. We'll still have electricity. There'll be plumbing. Um, There'll actually be gray water plumbing. The water will come from rainwater. And there'll be a filtration system put in so that we can recycle that water. And instead of using composting toilets, I was actually looking at incinerating toilets. So now we normally don't talk about toilets on Bitcoins and Gravy, but this is, <laughs> I think this is worth it, an incinerating toilet. What exactly? Now, the person using the toilet, they don't get incinerated, do they? No, no. Oh, good, um, good. Basically, and I'm still researching this, so don't quote me 100%, but essentially the concept from what I understood was you use the toilet and it goes into a separate chamber and that chamber seals off and that sealed off chamber is incinerated. Wow. And then you just dump that ash. And since that's ash from organic matter, I imagine you could dump that on some plants. Well, I like the idea. You know, most people don't know that in foreign countries right now, because fertilizers are so expensive and the cost of fertilizers is going up uh, so much every year, 
people need fertilizers because if you don't fertilize the crops, you can't get the same yield, right? So they are using urine. I know it's another uncomfortable subject here on Bitcoins and Gravy. Relax, everyone. Take it easy. <laughs> but they're actually turning that urine into a white powder that is very high phosphorus fertilizer. Wow. It's very cheap to do that, and it's very effective in terms of fertilizing. Um, I once read years ago that a single person, the waste that comes from a single person is enough to perpetually fertilize one acre, that you could fertilize your own acre with just your own excrement. Okay, now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're finished with excrement. We're finished with incinerating toilets. We're going to move on to even more important things. So I love the idea. Now, tell me the name again of this idea. It's Creature Conduit Sanctuary. Creature Conduit Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Is that right? I love it. And so you sent me the link, I think, and I actually saw an artist's rendition mm -hmm. of what this would look like. Now, who did that artist's rendition? I did. Oh, that's phenomenal. <laughs> wow. So you, I mean, you yourself are a graphic artist. And so many other things. Oh, wow. So was that a computer-generated graphic that you did that I saw? Yes. Was that hand-drawn? Okay. Uh, it's computer-generated. I did the, uh, the 3D models in SketchUp. Okay. Um, so the buildings, I've actually designed them to scale. Okay. Um, so that I can actually pass that off to the dome company and they can build it based on my model because I built it in SketchUp. And then I did um, the trees in a program called Lumion 3D. Okay. And it just renders out. It takes about 12 hours and wow. renders my computer useless until it's done. Wow. But it was fun. Um, it took me a long time to learn. I had to learn all of these software programs to do this. And how'd you learn those? tutorials on youtube yourself yes that's phenomenal well so wow just all that rendering and all that high-tech stuff that is so cool so a minute ago i said wow you're a real artist and you said and so many other things so what else besides an artist you don't have to give us the complete list right. but i'm a writer i've okay. always been a writer um, okay. i'm an actor i'm a belly dancer i'm the one that oh, that's <laughs> emailed right. about that nice <laughs> um and a bit of a martial artist, if you consider martial arts and art, uh -oh. which I do. Uh-oh. I don't want to say anything to piss you off. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> don't be silly. <laughs> uh, but, um, I mean, those are those are really the highlights. I make flutes, bamboo flutes. Wow. Um, I learned how to do that one summer for some reason, so that was fun. Nice. Um, but pretty much any art out there, I've given it a try. I love Indian dances, as in from India, like okay. uh, Bharatanatyam. Bollywood dance. That Bharatanatyam is classic Indian dance. Okay. Um, it's really dynamic. How'd you get into that and how'd you learn that? It started with a Bollywood movie called Lagan. I love Lagan. <laughs> yeah. It That's started an amazing with that. movie. I saw that when it came out a number of years back at the Bell Court and the night that they had that at the Bell Court and they had an Indian buffet that they brought in that night for the showing of the movie. If anyone has not seen the movie Lagan, it's a musical and it is brilliant. Yeah. It's set in India when it was still under British control mm -hmm. and the whole thing revolves around cricket. Yeah. The game of cricket. But they're playing it so that they wouldn't have three years of taxes. It was like a bet where they were right. like, and I think it was because they wanted to use the field and the British said, the soldiers that were there said, if you win, you get three years of no taxes, but if we win, you owe us three times as many taxes for that much time. And they played hard. It was a very good movie, but there was a dance segment the song about Radha and Krishna um, when she's dancing and he's playing the flute and it's all of them out there. I learned her dance part and I was sucked into Bollywood by that. And YouTube, <laughs> YouTube was very helpful in getting me sucked into Bollywood. And then I wanted something uh, more because as most Hollywoods or Bollywoods, they start to go for the easy money mm -hmm. and less of the art. And so I started going back towards 
videos from the 70s and the 60s and then i started getting into their classical form of dance and i was like oh this is amazing wow and that's actually kind of part of what made the village evolve into what it is because i was looking for somewhere where i could learn to do this and i came across communities in india where the artists live with their teachers okay so that they can learn more than just what the teacher is teaching but how the teacher lives so creature conduit sanctuary let's talk about funding let's talk about your hopes for bringing this off of the paper and into a real world space i think you mentioned to me that somewhere in tennessee would be a good option for it is that right mm -hmm. okay mostly because this is where i live um, but there is nice land out here and the climate is what the village needs as far as rain and seasons and things of that nature but for funding to be honest, my focus has been on developing the presentation for the village. So my ideas for funding haven't developed as much as my idea for the village has. The furthest I've gotten with that is the story. I'm going to create a story. It's going to start off in text. Um, it'll just be done in forms, and I'll have other writers write for their own character, almost like it's an RPG, a role-playing game. Um, okay. <laughs> and I'll take the text turn it into a comic, take the comic, use them as storyboards, and turn them into an animated series. Okay. My other ideas for funding is uh, when MaidSafe comes out, I might start farming, because that's pretty interesting. I oh, see yeah. that going pretty far, since it doesn't have a blockchain. It's like digital cash. Right. So that might get big. Um, but beyond that, I haven't really thought into funding just yet. I just released that site, so my energy's been poured into that. Nice. Now that I can shift my energy to funding, I can start thinking of things, but I am open to ideas over on the website because okay. there's a forum for that. Now, what is the website again? CreatureConduitSanctuary.net. Okay, so CreatureConduitSanctuary.net. A great site. People can go there and they can learn about what you're doing, right? Yes. Now, do you have on the site already a QR code or a donation button of any sort? Not yet. That's something I need to do. You know, philanthropy in the Bitcoin community is huge and growing, and that's great. Nonprofits uh, have found that the Bitcoin community is very open to helping them mm. uh, with their project. Uh, and this project sounds like something that the Bitcoin community really needs. The reason I say that is because going back to what Andreas Antonopoulos said to me uh, when I spoke with him at the Texas Bitcoin conference last year, that we need in the Bitcoin community, we need artists, we need uh, musicians we need comics we need people who can bring to the bitcoin sphere everything that the sphere of the real world has so to have artists like you um, i think that's really exciting and i think to bring other artists together and to have your own currency now tell me the name of the currency again it is currently called circuitry spelled with a tree t-r-e-e -E. Okay, circuitry, so, nice. It's a pun. <laughs> okay, now, have you actually taken the step to create the currency, or is this just conceptual at this point? Currently, I made an asset on Doge Party and Counterparty. Okay. Um, but it, when I do make the actual village's currency, I'll allow people to trade in their current Counterparty or Doge Party tokens for the village's currency, probably at one-to-one. -one, okay, to I see. Easy. Now, how many people so far own any of this currency? I, I believe that I actually own some. Yes, that, that would make it two. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> You're the first one. Yes. And it was for telling me about that typo. <laughs> uh, it's because it's I can't stand to have any typos in anything that I've written and released to the public. If there's a typo, I want it taken care of immediately. I'm the same. So, hey, maybe that's a way to incentivize some people uh, to go to your site. Obviously, people are going to want to go to your site. Any artist who is listening, 
is going to be excited about this. Yeah. There are some Uber nerds out there. Okay, out there, raise your hand if you're an Uber nerd or a geek. It's like all of a sudden, like 10,000 people's hands went up. All right, all right. Well, okay, you can put your hands down now, guys. <laughs> and the few girls that are Uber nerds and geeks. No, <laughs> guys and girls, you can put your hands down now. Um, but artists, any artist who is listening to this, whether you're a visual artist or a performing artist uh, who does dance, or an artist who creates music, whatever you create, go to the site. If you find any typos, there's a little form on there. Um, you just click on community, and one of the very top ones that'll say typos, and you just go in there and tell me what the typo is, tell me where it is, give me a link to it, maybe the sentence or whatever. Make sure I can find it. You okay. get a hundred circuitry. Wow. There's a bounty on every typo, a hundred circuitry. Now, when the village is up and running, which we have no idea how long this will take. It could take five years. It could take ten years. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It might take. One year, somebody's really generous. That's right. Stephen Colbert might be nice. That's right. (laughs) It's actually mentioned on the site. There are a few things I've already priced um, just because I wanted to have an idea of how many I wanted to create as far as tokens were concerned. Okay. So when the village is working, there'll be a a little bed and breakfast feature, um, and it'll be about 20 circuitry a night. Okay. So if you find a typo and I give you 100 circuitry, if you save that Mm. until the village is working, you come stay for a week. Oh, I love that. That is great. Now, did you add this typo key on your site just because I brought up a typo? No, I added it because I've read the information so much that I can't see the typos anymore. Right. Um, It's it's kind of a feature of being a writer. I guess that's why writers have editors. Right. Because you read it, you revise it, you read it, you revise it. Eventually, your brain will fill in. Because, you know, if you write a word and you mix up the letters, but you keep the first and the last one in place, your brain will still read the word right? because it just it just fixes everything else in the middle. So Yeah, those are neat. I've read some things like that online. Max Hernandez, who wrote Thieves Emporium, when I interviewed him and asked him about editing, he said in the business, they say, well, how many editors do you need? And the answer is always one more than you have. So <laughs> that's a good point. All right, so let's talk in a little bit more detail about the sanctuary itself. Let's say the sanctuary is built, and I believe it will be. And I were to spend a little bit of my circuitry and I plan to come stay the night or stay for a couple of days. What would I find there? What do you envision that I would find there myself? I'm an artist. I'm a visual artist in my own right, a musician, jack of all trades in my own right. What would I find there? What do you envision it looking like from the day that I walk in or when I drive up the drive? Is the land around there being farmed? Is the land around there beautiful? Is it hilly? What do you envision? Um, Knowing Tennessee, it probably will be hilly if Mm -hmm. I build it here in Tennessee. Um, You probably have to get through a few hundred acres of a food forest before Mm. you actually get to the village. A food forest. I love that image. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You come in, there'll be a hugel culture. I hope I pronounced that right. Walls where basically you put stumps down and you put soil on top of that. and You can grow on top of that and it makes a raised bed. um, Kind of pyramidal or dome shape. Uh-huh. And you'll pass through those because that's the wall of the village. It's not just a stone wall. It's okay. growing food. How do you spell that? H-U-G-E-L-K-U-L-T-U-R. Hugel culture. Okay, so this is great. I love the imagery. So then you could pass the welcome dome. If you are renting a place, you'll want to go into this little welcome dome-shaped structure, and it'll greet people. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody will probably drive you to where you're living in a little golf cart, little electric golf car. And you'll pass all the buildings. Um, the outside ring is all the different buildings for art. Um, each particular art will have a dedicated building. And I wanted to mention that when I'm saying artists, 
I'm including software developers, engineers, and not just software engineers, engineers. I see them as artists. There's something artistic about the processes involved in those things. So you'll pass these structures that each one is for each art. So you might see dancers off to your right, or you might see uh, people making paper or, you know, some fashion designers checking their designs. People turning pottery on the pottery wheel. Right, right. And Anything. also then you see the guys in there on their computers. Right. You could see your guys on the computers. Um, they might be helping the blacksmith. Who knows? Any art, it's there. And you'll pass through that. You'll go through a lot more trees. It'll be pretty lush. Another little cool culture wall. Mm-hmm. And you'll get into the residential area, which will be just as lush. There'll be fruit trees um, growing all over the place. There'll be ponds here and there, little water feature type things, where there'll actually be fish. Any aquaponics there? Um, the, the aquaponics would be indoors, but we'll, we'll get into that when we get to greenhouses. Okay. So you'll pass through numerous fruit-bearing plants, nut plants, any kind of plant that could be conducive to the environment. It'll be in there, so it'll be very lush. And um, growing food. And growing food, yes. Okay. So it might be actually difficult to see one house beyond another house. That's how I want it to keep it to where you could still feel like you're in a private space and still in a community. Nice. You'll finally get to your dome that you'll be staying in, and each dome has three bedrooms in it and a private greenhouse. The private greenhouse is dedicated specifically to that dome. So if you're visiting, there might be something already growing there. But you could go in there for breakfast and grab whatever's growing and have that if it's ready for harvest. Okay. You'll have your own private bedroom. You'll go around a little circular. It's a torus right in the middle um, so that there's a courtyard. Mm-hmm. And the domes are attached to the outside of the torus. So you'll go around the courtyard and you'll get into your room and it'll be your own private bedroom. There'll be a round bed set right in the middle and off to the side is the entrance to a bathroom okay um there'll be a closet and at the back is a little it's a small little room like a sitting room and it's mostly an entryway because that's the private entrance to that bedroom okay so that's what you'll see when you get in there now if you wanted to go for one of the mills because if you're staying there you could join in the communal mills there's a, a large dome placed in the center of the village and there's a kitchen, and then there's other greenhouses, which, because the domes can be airtight, mm-hmm. you can control the climate 100%. Mm. So you could grow what would grow in a northern climate or a tropical climate all in there. And so that's where the aquaponics will be. Nice. So that's the food that will feed the village. Well, some of the food, because mm-hmm. there's so much of it. Right. There'll be a system, which I might use say for it, depending on how far that reaches, or I might use something similar where you can actually go on like you're going online Mm -hmm. and select what you want from a menu, select any alterations that you might want, and then choose when you want that meal to be made. So if you're looking at it in the morning and you want to get all that out of the way because you have a long day, then you just pick what you want for dinner and when you're coming to get it. I like it. So Now, will there also be a place where people can sit and eat together? Yes. A communal? mm -hmm. You may have mentioned that and I just didn't hear it. Oh, I actually didn't. There'll be sort of a circular setup of seating okay (laughs) i like alliteration i like it Um, a circular setup of seating yes a round table in the middle and then there'll be sort of picnic benches that are curved in a circle it's just to optimize the area so that more people can sit and i think i calculated it would probably sit about two or three hundred people okay so how many people do you envision living at the sanctuary at one time I think the capacity is set to maybe 150 to 300. And how long can someone stay and work there? If someone was living there as a resident, 
then as long as they want. Okay. Um, if somebody is coming to visit as far as the bed and breakfast, I think I'm going to limit it to 28 days. That way other people can have the opportunity to come and check the place out. Okay. And I know someone's thinking out there, what just crossed my mind is government, you know, a board of directors, some group that can take care of problems if problems arise. Let's say there's some guy and he's been there for a while and he has a stroke and starts becoming verbally and physically abusive. And so we have to move this guy out. Some of the people want him to stay and take care of him. Some of the people want him to go. How is this resolved? For something of this nature involving an actual living person or being, for that matter, everyone would be involved in this discussion mm-hmm. or everyone that's concerned, at least, would be involved. And everyone would have to state their side. And it wouldn't be, you know, oh, 60% voted, so that's what we're going to go with. We all have to agree before anything happens however long that takes Mm -hmm. so if someone's saying that they don't want him there just because he's being abusive Mm -hmm. but his you know abusiveness is due to a medical situation Mm -hmm. then perhaps you know they need to be enlightened on a little bit of compassion in that particular matter Mm -hmm. um or maybe they don't understand the full thing and so Mm -hmm. it has to be discussed um simple things probably just be a vote Okay. And we'd go with the average. And if there was like one person who just really didn't want it, why? And if you can't explain why, like if you're just being opposing just to be opposing, then we're going to ignore you. But if you can literally explain why, and it doesn't even have to be a 100% good reason, it just has to be a reason. Right. Then we'll hear you out. Mm -hmm. And then we'll discuss it Mm -hmm. and see where it goes from there. Because I'm pretty sure that if you get enough humans together with compassion and they can be honest, eventually i think we could all agree i think so on something that compromise is totally possible because there's more than two thousand ways to do a thing yes so i like the idea of a true democracy uh, myself i like the idea of state local federal mandates or legislation laws being put to referendum i like the idea that people actually get to come together and vote and then the majority rules yeah, it seems so often, you know, a new law is passed or legislation or something changes and you talk to people and they keep saying, well, I was against it. I was against it. And you start to get this feeling that, wow, there were more people that were against it. For instance, if you were to actually poll all of the Americans right now and ask them, do you think we should be going back into Iraq and Syria? I think that actually the majority of Americans would say, no, we don't need to be meddling any more than we already have in the Middle East, but it's not up to a vote. It's not a referendum. And so our continuing to do things like that to me is so unbelievably undemocratic, just the opposite of democracy and and so sad, you know, and to think that when I paid my taxes, that some of that tax money is going to fund that just makes me sick, makes Mm -hmm. me angry. But I digress. Once again, listeners, I apologize. I will continue to be anti-war until the day that I die. Okay, so Adaria, let's see here. I feel like we have a pretty good picture of what the place looks like and a pretty good picture of what is going to go on there as far as art. How do you envision getting other artists excited about this because certainly something of this magnitude it would be impossible for me as an individual or for you as an individual to just do everything all by yourself how do you envision recruiting people getting people interested and getting people on board with the sanctuary i've actually found that telling people about it has been enough to excite someone especially if it's something they've been looking for most artists are looking for the freedom to do their art to create And many people who come across it see that opportunity that something like this could create for them that, oh, a place like this would let me, I only have to work six hours a week, really, just six? 
So the entire week would be free for me to do anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, My art, right. and, and so seeing that, a lot of the times, just telling people about it, there's a lot of videos that I'm going to release that will be walkthroughs of the 3D models, and that might spark some interest. Mm-hmm. But so far my idea is doing things like this i'm going to try to get as many interviews as i can and tell as many people about it as i possibly can i love it it's somewhat like if you build it they will come when i first mentioned this idea it was on a completely different name and i just put it online just because it was a stand-in name and i just stuck it on a website just to see what people thought i have an idea for a community what do you think and I was flooded with emails wow. from that. And I still get emails from, I don't know how they find me. And I asked them, where did you find this? And they was like, I don't know. It was on a blog. Yeah, they say once it's on the internet, it's there forever, right? In right. some way. There's no erasing anything. You can't hide it or bury it. The harder you try. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I still get people who are interested and I just send them to the website. Well, that's great. Another thing I'm wondering about the artists that are living there and working there, the work that they produce It seems to me that some of that work should benefit the sanctuary. Here in the United States, we're split in terms of helping people out and not helping people out. You know, Mm -hmm. the humanitarians among us say, yes, of course, we always need to be able to set money aside. And we all need to be willing to give money to the elderly, the mentally infirm or incapable uh, to children who don't have anyone to take care of them. If you live by the philosophy of humanitarianism, then of course, you agree, we need to be able to help people, and we need to have a culture that encourages that. Um, On the other side, there are people that say, no, no matter who you are, you have the same opportunity that everybody else has. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Well, not everybody is born with the same opportunities. In fact, some people were born with such a wall toward progress in front of them that they never can move beyond where they are. Education is a huge factor. Poverty is a huge factor. Um, Health is a huge factor. Diet is a huge factor. Uh, People born without those in a deficit situation have a really difficult time. So that is all for me to say. Obviously, there are many of us who would not want here at the sanctuary for there just to be a bunch of freeloading artists. Right. Right. Um, To mitigate that would be that you're required to do six hours each week Mm -hmm. to work for the village. Now, if someone, you know, if an artist gets a job working for, you know, say it's an animator and they get a job working for Pixar, Mm -hmm. but they still want to live at the village, that's fine. And if they want to keep their money, that's fine, too. You know, we're not expecting any like we're not going to take any cut from anything or we're not going to claim any ownership of anybody's art it's just there to sort of boost artists that are actually talented so if they got that kind of position more power to them but just keep contributing to the village because that six hours each week is what keeps the village going that's right. what will keep the village operational mm-hmm. and so long as you continue to keep that obligation to the village you're fine and as long as you're nice to people, you know, be excellent right. to each other. Nice. Um, <laughs> as long as you're you're just a decent person towards other people and you're doing what that small bit of requirement is, everything else is fine. Nice. And you did mention earlier there's some rules. We don't have to go over the rules. You can go to the website mm-hmm. and you can read the rules. Mm-hmm. So people who are thinking about, hey, I would really love to live in the sanctuary, read the rules first, people. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, it does seem to be true to me that those people who show dedication true dedication to their art they have something artists are sensitive people Mm -hmm. generally speaking Um, sometimes artists are way too sensitive their skin is way too thin you know they're way too easily offended or the world just 
breaks their heart on a regular basis, and that's okay. I think that's part of being an artist, that you are a sensitive individual, that you are sensitive to the world around you. That allows you to express what you see well, whether it's in dance or whether it's uh, visually or whether it's in music or whatever medium you're working in. That sensitivity helps and an ability to express So I can tell just from talking with you that you're a very sensitive person. I can see from your website and from the graphics there and from the writing that you are very talented at what you do. Thank you. Yeah, and I think that this thing is going to fly. I'm really excited about it. I am too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's been bursting from me for two years. It's taken me two years to do this, and I've kind of shut myself in. Well, I definitely know what you mean. Um, I've been guilty of shutting myself in for long periods of time and, uh, and not coming out and not showing my face. Uh, that just happens, right? Um, the two kinds of people that I know who are very inclined to shut themselves in, close themselves off, are artists and techies, <laughs> right? Okay, so anyway, let's talk for a minute about rules. You'd mentioned it before. There are rules. The sanctuary is not without rules. So uh, tell us a little bit about some of the rules, if you would. It's really just, like I said, be excellent to each other. Yes. Um, it's mostly based on compassion. It's the only requirements are those six hours. There's going to be a, a rotating thing. And oddly enough, this was inspired by jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of a rotating thing where three people each week will go around and do inspections of the jobs that were done. Okay. And basically, they just go through with a little checklist and go, yep, they did indeed clean these bathrooms. They can be paid now. And you get paid for doing that. That's your other requirement is you have to be on the rotation. Those are two primary requirements. And then another requirement is showing up for just one of the meetings. The meetings will be during meals. And so there'll be three meetings. That way people can make it. So it'll be breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay. a meeting for each one. And it's just Wednesdays, okay. every Wednesday. And other than that, there's no requirements other than just be compassionate. So there will be a common sense thing where since your water supply comes from rainwater and it's filtered and that's what you're drinking, you probably don't want to put chemicals in that. You probably don't want to have a chemical shampoo or anything of that nature. You might want to go natural. That would be something to consider before moving into the village. Other than that, it's just be a nice person. You know, yes. don't, don't go stealing from everybody. What do you need? Tell us what you need and we'll see if we can give it to you. Violence will obviously get you kicked out. We're going to be nonviolent. We'll right. have martial arts. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice if all of the artists there would actually learn so that way they could defend themselves if anything went wrong. Um, zombie apocalypse? I'm kidding. <laughs> zombie apocalypse are just a bunch of crazed rednecks from the hills of Tennessee decide they're going to take over the complex, and then they just get their asses kicked sideways. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I hate to do this to you, fellas, but that'd be sweet. Imagine if there was a redneck zombie apocalypse. Well, I'm seeing a movie now. I think the only thing worse would be like a New York, like New Yorkers zombie apocalypse. And oh, they'd all have that accent instead of like, <laughs> it'd be like, whoa, whoa. It'd be oh, goodness. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, man. But I mean, you know, the things that would get you kicked out of the village would be violence. Right. Something of that nature. So, you know, we'll be nonviolent. Nice. So as we finish up the interview today, Adaria, What would you like to say to artists worldwide? These could be artists in Mexico. These could be artists in the Netherlands, artists in New York City, in China, that might want to come and live and work at the sanctuary. What message do you have to give to these artists? There are already lots of villages similar to this in the world, art villages, but a lot of them only focus on one sort of art, um, just for dancers or just for actors things of that nature okay um this one will be for 
every artist. And I feel like something unique can come from that. Um, and like I said, it will include engineers, software developers, martial artists. There's an interesting dynamic. When I was in school, there were a lot of engineers and artists. That was the primary demographic. And when you put those two things together, you get this really creative ingenuity from both parties. So what I'm creating, um, it might sound ambitious, but it could be the beginning of the next golden age of art. Nice. I've included a lot of features that consider more than just the tools that are necessary to create the art, but also the tools that are necessary to make a healthy artist because a talented artist is so much more talented if they're in full health, if they had some nice sleep, if they had a little bit of physical therapy, if you're a dancer, you might need a hot tub, you know, nice. <laughs> so you might throw that in. In the green spaces, there's a disconnect from that. Like if you live in the suburbs, I live in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. I can't see the sky really at yeah. night. I never get to see shooting stars or anything because too many street lights. Too many street lights. Yeah. So the village will have bioluminescent plants or low power LED lights at a low level so people can see where they're going. Nice. So there'll be a lot of unique features at this village and it'd be pretty cool to be there. Yeah. So happy, healthy artists and not just a group of happy healthy painters that live in a painter's community somewhere right. or dancers that live in a dancer's community but a variety of artists from around the world let's say or a variety of artists uh, who are creating many different kinds of art i love it adaria i know that i'm going to get a lot of great feedback by way of soundcloud like i always do and by way of let's talk bitcoin there on the comments afterwards and of course if you will please um, before we close let our listeners know the best way that they can get in touch with you you can go to the website at creatureconduitsanctuary.net and i'll be on the forums but i also have a gmail it's adia air a-d-i-a-a-i-r at gmail.com and you could just email me there okay so those are two primary ways um, i guess you could follow me on twitter twitter at adia air a-d-i-a a-I-R, just like the Gmail. Okay, great. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Adaria talk about Creature Conduit Sanctuary. And you can find Creature Conduit Sanctuary by going to creatureconduitsanctuary.net. Adaria, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great to have you here. And I hope at some point I can have you back on the show and you can tell our listeners about the progress that you're making with the sanctuary. All right. Anytime. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan. I love the show. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Adaria, Bitcoins and Gravy's biggest fan. Thanks, Adaria. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be He gave us all a protocol this world had never seen Or Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Or Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Will be 
told about the death of old Mount Gox About traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee See, they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh, Lord, pass me some more Everyone, this is Count Dracula again, back from the dead. I do not know if you have heard, but today we have a magic word, and the magic word is blood. As in, I want to suck your blood. B L O O D, blood. I would love to stay for a drink, but I must fly. <laughs> To find out more about my guests and sponsors, check out the show notes on the Let's Talk Bitcoin page, on SoundCloud, or on bitcoinsandgravy.com. Thanks for tuning into the show, and if you really do like the show and you aren't just faking it, please tell your friends about it or send them a link to the show. And remember the Bitcoins and Gravy hotline. Have you ever wanted to be a podcaster? Then call Bitcoins and Gravy at 615 208 5198 and leave a message with your comments, questions, or complaints. This is your chance to give me a piece of your mind and tell me what you really think about the show. <laughs> and if you give me your permission, I will put your call-in comments on the show. And of course, I offer a number of ways for you to download all of the past podcasts. You can go to letstalkbitcoin.com or directly from SoundCloud or you can go to the website, which of course is bitcoinsandgravy.com. If you've enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review on SoundCloud. And remember, it's your reviews and comments 
that help new listeners discover Bitcoins and Gravy, plus all the other great podcasts, articles, and links that can be found on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. I also thank you for your generous donations in Bitcoin or Litecoin that help me keep the lights on and coffee in the kettle. I'd like to thank my very special guest on the show today, Adaria. To learn more about her project, go to CreatureConduitSanctuary.net. Signing off now from East Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, John Barrett, with my trusty companion, Maxwell. Say goodbye, Maxwell. (laughs) Wishing you all a great week. Y'all be good to each other out there now, and remember the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. I would love to stay for a drink, but I must fly. (laughs) 